Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Welcome to Rooted Deep. And we, uh, man, this has been a fun podcast so far as we have jumped into Topic Alley that is really kind of a tough one as we talk about being financially a good steward. We talked about that last week, what it looks like to manage our finances, which is kind of where we're going today and kind of dealing with some things like that. So uh, this has been uh, a kind of a tough topic to step into. Yeah, and everybody knows that it's one of my least favorite topics to talk about is finances because it's just not it's just not a fun thing. So we just decided to get it over and done with at the beginning of the year. But also, as people are trying to uh, prepare their their year year goals or their resolutions, you know, we've kind of switched that word resolutions to goals and objectives. But uh, finances is probably one that people are looking at at the beginning of this new year, and so we thought we would have a special guest here today. Yeah, you know, uh, we do actually have a special guest with us today. So Allison's husband, Gary, is here today. Uh, And that's kind of cool to have Gary Hale with us today. So welcome to the podcast, Gary. Well, thank you, Reva, for having me on. All right. I don't know how special I feel, but... uh, (laughs) No, no, it's good. So, so most of you know, but if you're a new listener to uh, to the podcast, Gary and Allison are missionaries down in the Dominican Republic, and Gary is a pastor of a church there, and there's a lot of ministries under the umbrella of, of that church. So, so Gary not only preaches about finances, he not only manages finances for a lot of different uh, entities there underneath the umbrella of, of his ministry— But then he's also got personal finances uh, that he and Allison deal with. And that's really kind of where we're going to talk about today is the personal finance aspect of of everything. And we're going to, you know, coming off of Christmas, this is a really hard one to step into because debt is one of those things that a lot of people get into very quickly. It's easy to all of a sudden blink and you're way over your head thanks to those little credit cards that just go ching, 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 ching. Um, And so, you know, a lot of statistics tell us that most people in our country are just in a lot of debt. And so as we look at that and we look at, okay, today we want to talk about is debt? Let's let's just start with this question, Gary. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you off right here with a hard with maybe a hard question. This front, let's get this one off the off the table. Why is it a big deal that we're in debt to begin with? I mean, why why is it a big deal that we just charge that little credit card till we max it out and then try to get another one and max that one out? Is debt really that big of a deal? Well, I think it is because uh, debt can really limit our ability to in, invest in the first priorities of our life. And that would be, you know, the kingdom, that would be our family, that would be, and a lot of debt is occurred, um, a, lot, uh, a lot of debt is taken on for, uh, for family, but it's like you're trading off um, long-term objectives for, for, for short-term pleasures. And, uh, you know, down the road when you really need it or when you really want to do something special, you can't because you're, you're limited. And so, so debt really is like, well, it's like, you know, it's like the, uh, the proverb says that, uh, you know, the borrow, borrower is, you know, servant to the lender. 
Um, and so debt limits you. And I, I think you have to kind of, you have to think in those terms. Now, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about good debt, bad debt. And, um, you know, there, there are big debates about that, you know, among Christian financial uh, experts. But, you know, I, I think there's some people, I think we need to make it a distinction. There are some people that are in life situations where they absolutely, it's it's the only choice they have in order to, to get the treatment they need and, uh, you know, what have you. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about debt. What concerns me is people that get into what I would consider bad debt, things that are not necessary. People that, uh, you know, charge up the credit cards because right. they can't say no, because they can't say, you know, let's wait for this. Yeah. That's what I would very, in, in my world, I would say is just very bad debt because I think a lot of times it comes back to one word, contentment. You know, Paul says that he, you know, in Philippians, that he uh, had learned how to go without and he had, he learned how to abound and he, he learned to be content. And I think that's just, that's a word that, that just keeps coming up that we've seen on the mission field. Uh, and it's a, a word that I think we can see, you know, back home in the United States. Uh, is there's a general lack of contentment. We've, we've got to always want more and more and more and more. And so instead of money being a tool for us, money controls us um, and, and debt controls us. And I mentioned last week that Gary always uses that phrase, money is a tool, because I, I walk around saying, I hate money. And Gary walks around saying, money is a tool. And so this is when you have a family, and I think this is one of the things that we did early on in our marriage, we started having to come together and say, okay, you don't like it. I understand it maybe better. And we had to talk about it from a family perspective of let's make some goals. And, uh, and those were our two phrases. I'm like, I hate money. And he's like, money's a tool. And so I told you he was going to say that. He just said it just now. I walked right into walked it. Right I didn't, into I didn't it. Even know that. Without any prodding at all, you just stepped right into it. But I do, to your point, I think it's really good what you're saying. There's some big things that you rolled out there just in that first statement. Uh, you know, talking about, you, you quoted several passages of scripture. So we talked about last time on the, on the podcast that stewardship is a biblical principle. So the Bible talks so much about money. Uh, and it's, it amazes me that it talks more about money than it does other major topics like prayer or faith or things like that. Um, because God knew, I guess, Gary, we were going to have some issues with finances. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it's, it's something that applies to, to just about everybody in the world. Uh, no, no matter what culture you're from, there's a system of, of money. And even, even, in tribal, even in tribal lands, uh, you know, there's a system, uh, there's some sort of an economy, whether it's trading fruits or, 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 you know, baskets, whatever it is, there's some sort of economy that, that, uh, that allows people to, you know, buy and trade and, and sell and, and, you know, build their houses and their huts or whatever. And so it applies to everybody. And I think behind that, though, is, you know, what are, what drives us? You know, so we have to ask the question, why do people get in so much debt? And I think, again, we come back to that contentment issue. But, you know, many times uh, it's just a lack of planning. And I think we're just not, we don't have control uh, over what we're doing. So instead of us being in control of the tool, if we go back to that analogy, uh, the tool has control of us. And sure. so that, you know, that's where we need to, you know, take a step back and say, am, am I in, in control of what's going on in, in, in my finances? You, you always can look at your finances as your own 
little business, we can say, you know, you, you, whatever your income is coming in and then what is going out and are you in control of that? And a lot of people are, they've got it all reversed. They have no idea uh, what is going out. They don't check their statements. They don't check. They don't, they, they don't make any sort of assessment on what they are purchasing, why they're purchasing it. Um, and it's just like when you add it up, I think for us way back when we got married, that was one of the things we didn't have what I would consider bad debt. I had about 40, I think we had $30,000 in school loans for me. And I had like $10,000 on a car, on a, on a truck that I had. So that was it. I didn't have any, I hadn't even gotten any credit cards yet. So we came into marriage with $40,000 of debt. And so one of the books that I that someone had given me, a friend had given me for uh, our, uh, it was a wonder. It was an engagement present, and then we opened it up, and it was the book. Yeah, Financial, Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey. And I, for me, as a woman and getting married, I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, I was hoping it would be like China or you know, right. some nice napkin. She wasn't too excited table. about that. I wasn't that. excited about it. But but that actually was a, that was actually a great book, and and that was very that was one of my top books there for a long time. Uh, because it was just so simple and I grasped and, you know, I didn't memorize all the steps and, and all the things, but there were a couple key things that really got a hold that I got a hold of. And that helped us to work in those early years, work toward paying down the debt. And, and, and the main thing was just to realize that debt was not that, that the bank or whoever owns the loans, they're making money off of you and to realize that they are making money off of you. I mean, we treat, sometimes we, we treat these loans as if, uh, people are being nice to us. No, they're they're making money. There are people that are getting rich off of you and and off of me. And so it's like, no, I don't want to do that. And so what we did is, uh, I remember we we pulled up the, uh, I pulled up the um, the the statements and I and, and I ran and it all the way out. Table. How much? If I just carried this full term, the school loan, and carried the car loan all the way to the end, how much would we end up be being paid? Uh, how much would we pay others? And it was just astounding. And I was like, no, no, I don't want them to have that much money. And sure. so it, it, we just attacked it. And, you know, uh, Dave Ramsey talks about the debt snowball, you know, starting with, you know, we only had really two, two debts, okay. Okay. Yeah, two, two, two three, I think we had your car too. Yeah. So we had about 40,000. And so just in a simple way, we just started attacking that. Um, and that meant we had to say no to a lot of things. That meant a lot of uh, Taco Bell value meals. Uh, if we had to go out, you know, um, you know, so we didn't eat out, you know, nice, nice restaurants. Um, but we, we attacked that debt and, and, and then we, that gave us more liberty as we got that paid down and paid off. But I think one, one of the important things was to sit down at the table as a couple, as a new family and say, here's where we are, whether you like it or not, here's where we are. And, and here's how, and here's kind of making a plan on how to do it. And we had to decide again whether we liked it or not are we going to work together on this and for the most part I would say 85 to 90 percent we were working together on this um, but it was it was important to set that goal on at the beginning uh, as a family and I think that's one of the things that we've seen in the past that that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing or the wife doesn't really know where they are in the finances and the husband, or they don't have a cohesive, uh, a cohesive manner of, of attacking it. And, and I think that was one of the successes that we had because we we're like, okay, here's a little bit of extra that we weren't expecting or here's something that came in. 
where instead of, cause my first thought was, Oh, let's go out to dinner or let's go have, you know, whatever he, you know, no, our family goal is let's attack and, and do a double payment this one month or something. And so it became, it really became a lifestyle as far as our, our personal goals. We were working together. Yeah. And I, I think I remember that we, we figured out very early on that uh, Allison was not the best necessarily the saving part or the the big picture but okay. we also figured out that i wasn't i wasn't best at the day-to-day you know right. like the the groceries and the bills and things like that and so we discovered uh we worked really well together with having these big goals and then she took more of the you know let's say weekly expenses and i took the long-term planning expenses and we just have always work together like that. And when I have, when we've reversed those roles for whatever reason, uh, it, it, it never, it never works out for us. And, but it's amazing to me to, to, you know, in ministry to talk to couples and it's like Allison said, uh, they're not working together on the same team. And, you know, sometimes you discover that, you know, the man and the woman, it's like, okay, we're, we're together but then we're not together. And so that's my salary. That's your salary. And so they're not working in sync. And when you're not working in sync, um, you, you can get yourself into trouble. I, I think probably the most drastic case that I had was here with a couple. And I was uh, talking to the man and he said, now, pastor, don't tell me, or don't, don't tell my wife this, but I'm helping my family. I said, well, why wouldn't you tell tell your wife this? Oh, she'll get really upset because she doesn't know that I'm using part of my salary for, uh, you know, to help with family needs. Well, curiously enough, uh, Allison was talking to the wife and was doing some counseling with her. And she said, Allison, don't tell my husband this, but I'm helping my family. And and she said, why don't you want to tell your husband? Well, because my husband knew this. So both the same couple were yeah. both helping their family, but were not communicating to the other because they were afraid. Well. That family has had problems. Why? Because finances is one of those areas that you need transparency and you need to work together. Uh, sure. You know, it, it really can be an indicator of other things as well. Sure. And so, because again, money goes back. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And that really drives to, you know, what is motivating us? Sure. Well, so like, you know, sometimes you've got young couples, um, you know, who who are just kind of starting out and, and that was kind of your story. How do you, how do, how would you guys recommend? Maybe there's some, you know, couples and, and they're kind of young in marriage now and they're listening to the podcast right now and they're wrestling with these financial issues, but maybe, you know, they, how do they get on the same page? How did you guys, you know, you come from two different families, maybe two different philosophies of spending. Um, how do you come together as a couple and get on the same page as far as, the, your value system for spending and saving? Well, I think first you just have to have an open conversation. And I think before you, before one, because usually someone will want to present a plan and this is what we're going to do. Maybe before the other person is even convinced. I think the most important thing before you even look for your specific strategies, and there are different strategies out there, sure. uh, is to, to is come to an understanding of, uh, what what you believe, how finances should go in your family, and you both of you, when you both have that conviction that yes, we need to get out of debt. We're a young couple. We need to get out of debt, and we need to be, uh, you know, more freed up. Then you can look for the appropriate strategy that'll help you 
to do that. But if, if both are not convinced, then it, it's going to be it's going to be uneven uh, because one's going to be pushing this strategy and another's not going to be sold out to it. Uh, you know, the first thing is is to be to be sold out or bought into this idea that we need to eliminate debt and be debt free. Okay, so so that's the first step. Okay, that's good. That's really good. And so 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 you might find financial peace. You may find you know there's other resources out there, but make sure both are on the same page, and then look for the appropriate strategy that you think that you can execute. That's really good. Uh, because I think we do have biblical guidance, you know, that the Bible gives us towards, I know one of the key verses you mentioned is, you know, that if you're in debt, you're really kind of, you're, you're enslaved to that debt and to the people that you owe that debt to. Uh, and I think that it's important for us to kind of wrap our minds around that so that we can actually have control of being able to uh, make good decisions for our family. But there, and there's also that opportunity to give which if you're always strapped, you really, well, I, I really can't give. I don't have any to give. Yeah, and, and I, would, I would say to that, and that's probably where, and I don't want to quote Ramsey on that, but it, it seems like in his, his steps, uh, that's, you worry about that a little bit more uh, down the list when you, when you eliminate other debts. That's one difference I, that I would have uh, is I think, you, I think you need to start off, start off on the right foot. What, what I would argue is that you need to give uh, from the very beginning, um, because you're remembering it, this, this is a hard issue too. And it's not about eliminating debt so you can hoard. Uh, this is, I mean, look, when you and I die, it, there's nothing coming with us. Right. Only, I mean, as you know, the, let me bring a little bit of the preacher out of me now, but you know, three things eternal, God, his word, and the souls of men. So invest your life in those things. Uh, when we die, nothing is going with us. And so we really have to see our, our possessions as an opportunity to bless our family and bless others and, and also to be used for the kingdom. And so uh, when we, when we, so we should foster that giving uh, early on. And so I would, you know, we tithed when we were trying to eliminate the debt, we, we tithed, we didn't stop tithing. We tithed and then we eliminate and we, and we eliminated and, eliminated the debt, started paying down the debt while we're giving. And so then as, so as, as more debt is decreased, then we have more room to give. And if we've already been giving when it's been tight and difficult, then it just, the joy of, of having more resources to be able to give to the work, uh, you know, is just increased. And my concern is sometimes people don't learn to give. And so then, uh, you know, they just learn to pay off the debt and just save, 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 and, and, and then spend on these big priorities. And the giving part is not fostered uh, in their hearts. And so I, I would, I would say you, you need to, you need to be able to give. I mean, again, you need to look at this as a steward and a steward is accountable uh, to, to the owner, uh, to the, and you're just a manager of that. So we really have to get that deep in our hearts and in our heads that we just manage uh, for the Lord. He's blessed us. He's given us resources. And so we should uh, maximize those for him. Yeah, And, you know, I think there's a, a miss, a, a, a wrong idea out there that well, that's just for wealthy people, you know, uh, managing money and saving. And that, that's, that's things for people who make a lot of money, um, you know, but that didn't, didn't apply to me because I don't make that much money. But, you know, my story is very similar. Boy, man, I was making hardly anything working for 
uh, you know, a, a university right when I first got out, I, I had also had some school de debt loans I was paying off and you're processing through those things. And, you know, I, I think, man, definitely a plan and a budget and living according to those things is for those of us who don't have as much money. Um, is And it's just as important for us as it is for somebody maybe who has lots of money. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's it's important for everybody, but especially like you said, for for those of us who you know don't have um, a lot of resources, really being able to understand uh, what's coming in and what's going out, where is it going to, uh, and then also uh, again, I would take a deeper dive why why we're spending what we're spending. Uh, sometimes it's just you know there's just lots of things that that can come up uh, to explain why you're giving. I mean, not why you're giving, why you're spending. And, uh, you know, you mentioned a budget. One of the things we did as well is we, we just did the em envelope system. And I think Dave Ramsey, you know, suggests that. And, and for us, we've used that a, a couple of different times. We're not currently on that. But every so often when we get to a place where we kind of need to tighten things up, uh, we go back to that. That's kind of our fallback because, you know, if money's not in the envelope, you just don't spend it. And, okay, so Gary, uh, for those many you know, who so, are not familiar with the envelope system, take a couple seconds and just explain what you mean by that. Yeah, all, you, you just look at your expenses that you have, that you know you have, you know, your house, your, your utilities, uh, your groceries, you know, things like that. And you just label each of those categories on an envelope. And then with a budget idea, it's, it's, cash. You, yeah. it's cash. So you know going in, well, this is about what we spend on utilities. This is what we spend on the house payment. This is what we spend on groceries, so on and so forth. And when you, you know, the first of the month or whenever, uh, you, you know, you put those, that money in, in those, on, in those envelopes, and then you just work off of that until, until your next, next time that you refill those envelopes. And so it forces you to make some decisions because as if you both are on the same page that you're, that you're not going to dip into other envelopes, Right. Uh, then, you know, right. you're going to, uh, you know, it's going to help you manage that. And it really, it really did help because you couldn't take, you know, you couldn't take from the electricity envelope for, you know, a dinner out, or you couldn't take from, you know, the, the telephone envelope to finish your grocery thing. So you had to make decisions. Okay. This is our grocery budget. This is a, you know, and it really did make you think about things. It made you, you know, stop and, and, um, and you couldn't, if it was, like we said, if it wasn't in that envelope, you didn't spend it. And, um, and because it was, it was a cash system and it really worked for us because not because of the way, you know, because the way we both viewed money and because we had our goals that way we knew, um, going in, it takes a couple of months to get it, you know, to get it going. And then all of a sudden it's old hat and, um, and, and, and you, you, you just get used to that system. And it really does, it really does help when you're trying to, like I said, look and see what you're spending and, and, and what you have. And that was a very, it was kind of frustrating. Cause uh, then we had to, there was one time when, when, um, I, the envelopes, if it's not in the envelope, you can't spend it. But it was like, I think we spent it on ministry or something. So then we had to create a ministry envelope. And, but we still, again, these are the things that we became on the same page on. And I think that's, that's one of the things that a lot of families struggle with. Yeah. We built in uh, some reward and incentive as well. Like, you know, if, if we followed, for Allison. If, right? well, yes, yes, yes. I had a little envelope. Yeah, you know, and so uh, it, it worked. It worked well for us. We we were able to, you know, put some incentive in there and rewards, and uh, that encouraged us to, 
you know, again, prioritize and, 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 you know, I would just say for others that are starting that, you know, you're going to, you're going to fail. Um, there are times that, you know, occasionally you're going to, you're going to dip into that other envelope probably if, if you're like us. Uh, but the main thing is really taking control of this. You know, a lot of people I think operate off the ignorance is bliss. Um, right. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, I learned several years ago that uh, not knowing something about your health can kill you. And it, it, it almost did w- with me. And, and it can ruin your life financially. And what's one of the, the, the number one reason why couples split up? It's finances. Many times it's over finances. Yeah, and and yeah. people don't, either one or both, they just don't want to look at it. And they're like, well, if I don't know, uh, then it, it must not you know, be really happening. Right. Well, no, it is happening to you. And so take the bull by this horns, if we can say it that way. I mean, yeah, sure. just jump in there and get that. And yeah, you're going you're gonna to mess up. And you don't beat yourself up over it. You're going to take from, if you're using an envelope system or if you have a strategy, you might veer from that from time to time. But if you have eyes on it and both of you are working together, if you're a married couple, uh, you're going to be so much a better place overall. And so yeah. like anything else in life, you, you don't expect perfection, but you, you have a game plan. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's so easy, like I said, especially depending on your philosophy with credit cards. You know, I know Dave Ramsey's like, hey, get rid of those cards, just operate off the cash system. Um, you know, but it's so easy to not realize how much you're spending and how quickly you're spending it when you use cards. Because, you know, I mean, especially now, you know, they've got those little chips in them and you just walk up and tap. And, you know, sometimes you don't even, if you're not thinking carefully, you don't even, you may not even be paying attention to what you just spent. You know, uh, you know, you could have just spent a hundred dollars and you thought you spent 40 and you know, you're like, but you're not paying attention. Uh, you're not really hawking it like you should. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, you know, oh my goodness, you know, why are things so tight? Well, you know, what did I, what am I spending my money on? Uh, and I think that was kind of a, you know, for me kind of different points in my life that um that looking at my finances and saying what am i spending money on every month can sometimes be a real awakening moment to realize oh my word i've i've wasted a lot of money this month you know without realizing it yeah and you can you can get that information very easily now especially off the credit card uh because they'll give you those statements they'll break it down into categories and just uh review that instead of just paying it and not looking at it you know, look down the list and 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 take stock in, in what you're buying and why you're and why you're buying that. You know, there's we've known for years that the grocery stores are laid out to for in, impulse buying. I sure. mean, there is a science behind this. And uh, you know, I spend more when I go to the grocery store and I'm hungry. I mean, it's amazing what Allison will she doesn't send me very often. We will kind of learn that that I'm not the that's not my strength, <laughs> but she's it, when she ha- has had to send me to the grocery store and I'm hungry, I come back with everything but what's on that list. You right. know, so I've got Oreos, I've got sports equipment, I've got, I mean, yeah. it, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that, and we know it, it, it's so interesting because we know that grocery stores are laid out not only for the impulse buys, but also whatever is eye level. You know, so you know what's eye level, that's the most expensive or the name brand. And so then you have to go down and see, you know, and so they're laid out like that. And I think it's interesting here in the Dominican, it's like most expensive items are at the beginning of the aisles and then the middle 
middle, the middle part of the aisle is a little bit cheaper stuff if we're talking about, you know, one, one aisle. And in the States versus down here in the Dominican, the choices are endless. I think you guys are up to maybe eight or nine different flavors of Oreos, you know, and when you go and you're just like so many choices. And so, and like Gary said, knowing when you're hungry, you know, you have to understand like the science to why I'm going to the grocery store right now and when, as well as the grocery stores are out to, they're not, I mean, obviously it's not, they're not bad people, but right. they are trying to make money and they're you know, when they're not evil, it's not the mafia or anything, but they do have a science to, to why you buy what. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well, this has been, you know, this has really been good because I think that, I think that a lot of us, maybe it's been a while since we've taken the time to think about, okay, how much am I spending? What am I spending it on? Do I have a philosophy of spending? Do I have a philosophy of saving? Uh, you know, would I call myself a good steward of the resources that God has given me, you know, or do I find that I'm living paycheck to paycheck? Uh, and so, you know, so let's, let's kind of, as we close this out, Gary, let's say somebody's listening right now and they are just like, oh my word, I need to make some changes. I had, you know, I'm just kind of, this is kind of ringing my bell and I've got to do something. Where would you recommend they, they start getting a right philosophy of finance? And then how do they, how do they start? What, what could they, what are some steps they could take right here today to get started? Well, I, I would recommend the, the financial peace book. It's the, it's Dave Ramsey's first, uh, it's sort of his seminal work. Um, I think it's just, it brings in some basic concepts, you know, it, you're not getting too deep and it, it, you're just really talking about the basics, which we're talking about and just sort of, um, putting some, um, meat on the bone, so to speak uh, of that. And so I would start with a, a basic resource like that. And, um, and then that will point you in the direction. I think from there, you know, you may consider talking to maybe in your church, there's a, a, a Christian, uh, you know, financial planner or someone like that can, that can help you with that. But I don't even think you have to, sometimes that can sound scary and you think, man, I'm just, I'm just working. I'm just barely making ends meet. I, I don't need a financial planner. Start with the book. Just start with the book. Uh, get yourself centered on that and, and, and heading the, the right direction. And then, and then you can ask for appropriate help if you need maybe a certain area. Maybe, maybe you need to debt consolidate. Maybe you need to uh, decide on your credit cards, whatever the situation is. I mean, for us, we just made it a, a rule. It's just a hard and fast rule. We, we never carry credit card debt. Now, we have points that help us, you know, airline miles and things like that. Sure. But we don't spend it if we can't pay it off at the end of the month. Right. Now, maybe that, that sounds like wishful thinking, but if you, again, uh, I, I was doing this illustration for the church one time here. And uh, so I, I came up with a figure of like 20 or 30% uh, credit card interest. And they were like, pastor, that would be wonderful. That would be a blessing at 20 or 30% uh, credit card interest. Here, it's like 60 or 70%, 60 or 70% interest. So people are you know, have thousand, two thousand dollars on Dominican credit card debt, and they're it's taking them forever to pay it off. Sure. And so, you know, again, you got to. I think you have to be resolute in that. 
we're not going to carry on and we're going to get out of this credit card. So how do you need to do that? That's maybe where a financial planner can come in and say, okay, we need to consolidate all this to one. Maybe there's some sort of personal loan or loan you can get to pay it off and then just deal with one. Because if you have 15 things going out, it may be uh, stressful and overwhelming. And it might be easier to consolidate it down into one thing that you're attacking. Um, those are things that somebody in your church that's good with finances might be able to help you with. But I think you need to go in already convinced, hey, I need to eliminate debt and I need to begin a, a saving plan. And so, uh, you know, help me with these things. Those would be a couple ideas, but you can start a really easy financial piece. Yeah. And, you know, there's one word that we actually haven't said, but it's the word probably that's going to be so important to this. And that is it just requires discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does. It requires you to say no to things. It requires you to, you can say, somebody said one time, say no to this. So you can say yes to something else. And I think sometimes, you know, we do, we say, we just have to be disciplined. And if you haven't been a disciplined person or living a disciplined life, when it comes to your money, that may be some of the hardest things you have to do is learn how to, how to discipline yourself when it comes to spending. No question. But I think as you can replace your triggers for why you buy, uh, you know, all these things that you do and get into debt, and then you can find joy out of, find greater joy out of the things that this will allow you to do, then that will make that transition easier. If all you're doing is just, if all you're doing is trying to eliminate debt just because, oh, it's bad, and you really don't see any hope or joy in that, you're probably not going to stick with it. It's going to be a drudgery. But when you, when you're, when you're, when your goal is greater, uh, over here than what's over here on the other side uh, of, of the debt side, then uh, I think that'll give you a reward, intrinsic reward. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, this has been a great discussion today. Uh, just maybe giving some people some tips dealing with debt and trying to figure out how, as we start off this new year, how to maybe change some of our ways we think about finances, uh, consider ourselves stewards, and really start to try to get a hold of our budgets and managing the debt that maybe you find yourself in right now. So as Gary mentioned, uh, go out. There's a lot of great resources out there. So financial peace is just one of those. Uh, we we have both used uh, Dave Ramsey's financial system, both Gary and Allie, as, as well as I did. Uh, you may find that to be wonderful, but there's you know several out there that are awesome. So we would recommend do something. Start small, but start and get started. Uh, and the next thing you know, Next year at this time, you may be very surprised what those little steps that you took and what a huge difference they could make financially for your life, your family, and what you're able to do. And also the relief and the pressure that's off of people's backs and and heads as they try to realize that, wow, we've got margin now. And that is a wonderful a blessing to have uh, to live in the margins. So, so Gary, thanks for being on with us today. Now we're going to have you on again uh, in this series. So uh, we're excited to kind of talk to you again. So we'll see you one more time before we're over, but thanks for being a part today. And uh, thanks for joining us for the opportunity. Yeah, this has been cool to hear this. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We really appreciate you being a part of Rooted Deep. And we will uh, hope you'll join us next time as we finish this discussion on finances. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.